This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Coach Charlie. How are you doing today? I am awesome. Um, our topic today, uh, coolant. So if you have to add coolant to your engine, it's because it's leaking out somewhere? It does not evaporate. It does leak out. So, Coach, he's going to give us some suggestions on what to do. He's got some helpful answers for your other vehicle problems. Okay, so if there's coolant on my garage carport floor... Where are some of the places it's going to come from? If we think about a coolant leak, let's think about what it does first. The coolant uh, cools the engine. Uh, it keeps it from boiling over, and it keeps it from freezing. Okay? We like we like those jobs. That's, that's those jobs. So when we have a coolant leak on the floor, uh, how you can identify first, let's identify how you can tell it's a coolant leak. It's of different colors. You may have a orange color, a red color, a yellow color. So it could be several different colors and you just need to look at it and coolant is a real sweet tasting chemical that's why they say don't ever store it where your pet can get to it yes pets or kids yes now coolant leaks when you start talking about coolant leaks in a vehicle uh there's a lot of different places it can come from uh a lot of places are the upper and lower radiator hose a lot of times they get corroded and they get soft and just let you know that radiator hoses and rubber hoses they do not deteriorate from the outside they deteriorate from the inside oh well yikes and that gets gunk and stuff is that where all the gunk comes from that's where a lot of the gunk comes from because the hose starts coming apart from the inside instead of the outside so uh is that i I don't happen to have my maintenance guy with me is that something that uh, is part of your regular maintenance to change your radiator hoses you do change your radiator hoses once again it's uh you can tell if they're bad according if they're soft or if they're hard or they're cracked. So you can determine the condition of that hose. Well, and I guess if it's a hose, it's got to attach two different things. So that that could be two places where something could leak out. Yeah, what happens, they corrode the the uh, coolant hoses, upper and lower radiator hoses. They corrode on the inside, and now they will create a leak at the radiator and at the thermostat housing or at the water pump. And the end of the radiator. Now, most radiators today are plastic radiators. And now, let's think about a radiator. A radiator is a heat exchanger. It's cooling the coolant, so it goes back in the engine and cools the engine. And so, what happens, they're plastics. That means that that plastic is expanding and contracting. Okay, after a while, it gets brittle. It gets small cracks in it. Coolant starts leaking out. So that's another place. Then we have uh, a water pump. A water pump has uh, a little hole in it called a weep hole. And what happens when the bearings or the propeller starts going bad in the water pump, coolant starts leaking out of that hole, uh, that little hole in the water pump. And it leaks on the ground. And it only leaks when the vehicle's running. Now, you have a reservoir. If you think about a reservoir where the coolant's going in, you have uh, coolant in it. They get cracks because what people do, they put water instead of antifreeze in the vehicle. Don't do that. And now it freezes, cracks the tank, or your coolant comes out. And are there 
Is there stuff inside the radiator itself? Are there tubes or pathways or things inside the radiator that can go bad? Well, usually those don't go bad. Uh, uh, what are you talking about? That That's why I was telling you it was the heat exchanger where the coolant just flows through and out the, in and out of that radiator. And what it does, usually the coolant on the bottom is cooler than the coolant on the top because it usually comes in the top from the engine. Okay, now they do get corroded, and they will build up chemicals, and they will stop up, but they don't usually break. Now, they did on the metal ones, but we don't have metal radiators no more. And I guess when you where you put in your coolant, that's a cap, and caps can leak. Radiator caps, they have O-rings on them, and they have gaskets on them, and they leak as well. I'll give you an example of what happened this weekend. I was fixing one when I had a coolant leak, had a upper radiator hose leaking, had a radiator cap leaking. And then on General Motors, especially the 3,800 engine, they have these little elbows that go from the water pump to the intake manifold. They're made of plastic from the GM dealer, and they leak. They corrode, and they crack. Makes your car lighter, but they also don't last forever. Nothing right. lasts forever. Well, you know, I did some research on it, and they wanted you to change them with metal tubes. Well, the metal tubes, they have O-rings on them, and they said they don't even last as long as the plastic ones. So when you start thinking about coolant leaks, you need to make sure that you pressurize the system in order so you can find the coolant leak. And a lot of times you don't really know where it's coming from because when you start driving down the road, coolant flies everywhere, and so it's from the front to the back of the vehicle. We're talking about leaking coolant today, but you can ask us anything about your vehicle. Our email address for your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Ocean Springs and talk with Marcy. Marcy, we're glad you called in for Coach. Charlie, what's your question or comment? Hey, Liz. Um, My question is something I've wondered about for a long time. I would like to know from Coach, uh, how does um, AC usage and speed affect fuel efficiency? Well, you know, I was going to talk about that in a couple of weeks about the air conditioning. Okay. Now, the air conditioning, you see how it operates. There is power that is taken from the engine to operate the air conditioner compressor. Every time that compressor comes on, it's taking power from the engine itself. Okay. Uh, there's a myth. Some people say that it doesn't use any more uh, energy, but if you're taking using power from the engine, you're using more fuel, regardless. Okay. Yes, sir. I've definitely experienced that. I've, I recently got um, a different vehicle, and the AC needs to be repaired. It only works on max. So, I mean, I just, I'm constantly switching it on to cool down the car and then switching it off. Well, but let me I, I noticed on a trip up to Jackson from the coast um, that using that AC made a huge difference. It does make a huge difference. Now, let me, uh, uh, now does your fan just come on, on max on your vehicle? Oh, no, sir. That everything. Freon, it, it works great, but no, just no, no, only no. on that speed. Well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It just works on that speed. I'm fixing to tell you what's wrong with your car. Awesome. If you go to, uh, okay, so the fan comes on max. It only works on high, right? Right. Okay, so what you need to do, there is a resistor. It's called a fan resistor, and that fan resistor is what controls your speed uh, of the fan, 
if you go in there and replace that fan resistor, it's right by the fan motor itself on the right side of the, under the dash. That will solve your problem about 40 bucks. Wow. Now, let me ask you this. A mechanic shop that doesn't work on diesels, would they be willing to look at that maybe, or I have to call them directly? Oh, yeah. Anybody can do that. That's not a real hard job. It's just going there and get the resistor. It's called a fan resistor. And you can it's okay. put it in there. It's a little switch right by the fan motor, and that will make your air conditioner work on all speeds. Awesome. Okay, one more quick question. This same car, it's a Jetta TDI sedan. It, the little, it used, they used to be for um, cigarette lighter, but people use them now for charging cell phones. I don't right. know what those things are called. The, um, neither one of them works in the car. Are those uh, hard to replace, expensive, or is that? I don't know anything about what to do for well, that. Well, they're called power points, what they are now, uh, where you little power jack. What you need to do is in the fuse panel, there is a fuse that controls both of those and the check engine light. Okay. Okay. If you go in the fuse panel, you should see it. It will uh, it'll probably be called a power point uh, fuse. And it will control. It's only a fuse, so it's, that might not be expensive. Right, it could just be a 15 amp fuse. Wow. Thank you so much. You just helped me solve two huge problems. Well, yes, wait a second, Marcy. Wait a second. A couple of weeks ago, Coach, you said don't ever tell the mechanic what to do. But the the fan resistor thing, Marcy should explain to the mechanic what happens, and so she should be prepared for him to say what it it's is. a fan resistor. Yeah, I'm just telling you what it is, and yeah, but just have him check that uh, fan speed. But that's probably what's going to take wrong with it. Awesome. Marcy, I'm so glad you called in. We have had a PowerPoint in the back of our van not worked for about 12 years, and it never occurred to me that it, I just said, oh, too bad, you can't charge any, your car, your phone in the back seat, but. Well, what used to happen to those, they'd put the cigarette lighter in there, and the cigarette lighter itself would short out, because all you had is power and a ground, and when you push the button in, it would hit ground, and it was like a heater. Oh, okay. And they would short out. All right. Okay, I'm going to write all this down before I forget. Thank y'all. <laughs> You're welcome. If you've got a question, send us your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about leaking coolant or whatever you want to talk about. Is your car under recall? Find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-4-CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. Listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Liz Gill. Hey, if you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcasts on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So, recent recalls 300,000 Mercedes. SUVs, uh, minivans are being recalled for brake issues. They are 2007 and through 2011 models. Mercedes is going to start letting owners know about it next week, but they are told, telling the owners, do not drive their vehicle until the remedy is completed. So that one's kind of serious, folks. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recall, and input your VIN number, or you can find their Safer Car app. We're talking about coolant leaks, but we're also taking your other vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Oxford and talk with Chico. Oh, Chico, I think it's been a while since I've gotten to talk to you. What's going on with you today? I got a problem for Coach Saab. What do you got? I got OG, my 1992 Oldsmobile 98. And um, here's what I want to do. I don't like air conditioning, and it doesn't have air. Well, it, I don't think the air conditioner works, and which is fine with me, but probably not for Cassidy, my dog, my great Pyrenees that travels with me. And here's what I want to do, and I want you to tell me that this is possible and, and maybe how to do it. I'll probably get somebody, you know, like a real mechanic to actually do it, but I don't know if what I want to do is possible. I'm looking at some industrial workplace fans that hang from the ceiling, and I took the headliner out of this car, and it's just the metal roof with the frame up there. What I want to do is attach the fan to the roof and have it plugged in, but I need to have it running while the car is not. And is there some way I could put another battery, add another battery to the car that also charges when it's running, and I can use that battery to run the fan when the car is not running? Well, you know, if you're going to put an industrial fan hanging up in that car... You need to what make I would sure. do is put it behind my head. Right. So what you need to do in order to put a fan in there and keep it running while you're not in the car, because 
that fan's going to take and lose juice, why don't you just get a solar panel and hook it up that way? And it'll run all the time. Great idea. Put a solar panel on the roof. That's right. Do you think uh, I could generate enough electricity to keep that fan running for a few hours? Sure you can. Mercedes has one right now that they use a solar panel uh, out of the, on the roof, and it operates the air conditioner while the vehicle's not running. What's in, do you know the name of that? I do not know what the name of it is, but it's pretty expensive to put a fan in there for a solar panel. But that, that's a product that's sold. Huh? That is a product that's sold. So would that be dramatically more expensive than adding another battery? Well, you just got to keep the battery. Just how long are you going to keep the fan going while you're not in the car? Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, there could be time. Because we sleep in the car often, depending on where we are in the country. And, um, you know, there's a t- there's times when I'd, I would like to keep it going three or four hours. Yeah, get you a solar panel and uh, get you some ice back packs and put in there with you. Ice packs? Yeah, that'll, that'll cool it off for you for air conditioner. But what I want to do is possible, huh, especially with the solar panel. You know, it is possible, yes. Do you think um, having a solar panel on a car would make it a target for thieves? No, not that older of a car. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I meant actually just the solar panel. You know, I'm I'm confident nobody wants the car, <laughs> especially the way it looks. <laughs> no, they wouldn't know it either. You can't even tell on the new Mercedes and those cars that have solar panels. You can't even tell they have them on there. That's what I thought that might be the case. Coach, you're the man. Appreciate it, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you. Let's go to Brandon now and speak with Brittany. Brittany, we're so glad you've called in to talk to Coach Charlie about your vehicle problem. What's up? Good morning. Um, My name is Brittany, like they say, and I wanted to know about my Trailblazer. I have a 2006, and the air isn't blowing out of the air. It's not blowing out of the top part. It's just blowing on the floor. So what can I do about that? Okay, usually uh, there's a mode, a switch in there that tells the uh, vent doors to go from defrost to vents or to floor. And most likely one of those actuators that controls that mode door is uh, bad, most likely. Have you heard any clicking noise when you turn the, uh, when you try to change uh, from defrost to vents? No. Okay. Well, usually what that is, especially on a 2006, that's going to be an actuator. And it's under the dash. Thank you so much, folks. So welcome. Thank you, Brittany, for calling in. Let's do this email uh, that we got just this, uh, no, we got this one on Saturday. Uh, I got my oil changed in March. Oop, there's even a picture on the back of yours, Coach. I got my oil changed in March. Since it's a picture of her check engine light. <laughs> so, uh, since March, my oil seems to evaporate, which means I have to put oil in my car every two weeks. Recently, the low oil pressure along with check engine light came on. My dad put a gallon of oil in, which caused both lights to turn off. I've taken it to two mechanics, and they don't see any leaks or loose caps externally, so everyone thinks it's an internal issue. 
maybe irrelevant. It doesn't smokes normally, but it did smoke a couple of times when I go to certain gas stations, which I place gas treatment when I get gas, which causes the smoke to stop. Before I purchase a new engine, do you know why it may cause the oil to evaporate? Additionally, do you think a 2012 Nissan Altima engine can fit in a 2017 Nissan Altima? Quite a lot to unpack. First off, does oil evaporate? Oil does not evaporate. It burns. Either it burns or it leaks. A gallon of oil? Well, that would be very excessive. And like I say, a lot of vehicles there, you have a rear main seal leak that could leak a lot of oil out of it. You have valve covers that leak a lot of oil out of it. But if it was burning oil, you would see smoke coming out of the back of that car, and it would be a um, grayish-blue smoke coming out of the back of the car constantly. But what I would do is have them put some, make sure that the engine is clean, uh, the steam clean it, make sure it's clean, then put some dye into the oil and see if we have a leak somewhere. Because burning a gallon of oil, that's a lot of oil. Now, what about the 2012 engine into a 2017? You know, I think they have changed the models from a 2012 to a 2017. And that engine, according to what kind of motor mounts or what kind of cradle they put in it, it may not fit. You would have to check on that. Go by the VIN number. You got that 17-digit VIN number. Go by that VIN number, and then you could tell if that engine would fit. Now, what about, uh, it, I, it did smoke a couple times when I go to certain gas stations, which I pl- place gas treatment. So what about it, the smoke that comes from the oil? Does that have anything to do with what kind of gas or what kind of treatment you put in the gas tank? Not whatsoever. Okay. Because, like I say, the oil is going to be burning on top of the, if it's burning, it's going to be burning on top of the piston along with the gas. Okay. And like I said, you would have a blue-gray smoke coming out of that right. vehicle. Did I did I miss anything else? I think you got it all I right I think there. we got it all. Well, good luck to you, Ashley. And thank you for sending your email. Remember, folks, uh, this is a volunteer job for Coach, but he comes in on Tuesday, Thursdays, and we pull out the email. So just send us your email, auto at mpbonline.org and we'll give it to coach to see what he thinks let's now go to where robinsonville and talk with mac mac we're glad you've called in today what's your question or comment for coach uh yes sir look i've got an 04 yukon with a transmission cable problem it uh the connection down on the side of the transmission has worn out and uh it won't stay on unless i keep it wired on I know that cable is a two-part setup, and I guess my question is, can I just buy the second part? Will, will they match up, or will I have to go all the way up under the dash and change the whole thing? Well, matter of fact, you can just buy the uh, part that's going from the transmission to the frame. You can buy that separately. I've done that several times, and they all match you know, it's a Chevrolet, so they all match. It, it doesn't matter if it was a Tahoe or whatever or a Yukon. They'll all match. Okay, well, that's great. The biggest part of the job is getting underneath the dash and taking that apart. Uh, the second part's not quite so difficult. Right, say, it, that's not a very hard job, but you need to make sure there's a little clip on there that uh, when you take it apart, there's a little bitty E-clip, and that little bitty E-clip 
you need to be very careful because you can lose it. I've lost several of them. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what I needed to know. I was uh, I was hoping I could avoid, like I said, getting under the dash and taking that apart. But that's great that I can uh, just get under the car and replace that part. Yeah, I did one of those uh, about a year ago. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Have a great day. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Our email address where you can send your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're learning about coolant leaks between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Correct on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. Man, we hope that you have downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. You can listen while you're on uh, another state away through the Internet. You can find news stories. You can all sorts of great stuff on our app and make a contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. Do you know anybody, Coach, who has bought a Carvana car or bought a car over the Internet? I know nobody has bought one of those. Okay, well, uh, especially with pandemic, that was a thing that, that, that came up. But in the news, the state of Illinois revoked Carvana's dealer license after dozens of complaints of customers never receiving their car titles. They are now banned from selling cars in Illinois. And there are several of them. And what they were talking about, a lot of them, they were not receiving the cars that they ordered or it was an older model. Right. So it, it sounded like a great idea, just like you're shopping on the Amazon. Just, oh, I think I'll take that one. And they bring it to you, but sometimes they don't bring you the right one, or sometimes you just don't get your title. It's just like anything else. You don't get everything you were promised. We're talking about uh, coolant leaks. We're taking your email questions, auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Mobile and talk with Lewis. Lewis, we're so glad that you've called in. No, we're going to Neil. Neil in Mobile. Oh, we've got two Mobiles. Let's go to Neil in Mobile. Neil in Mobile. Thanks for calling in, talking to Coach. What's your question or comment? Uh, well, initially a comment. I love the show and the advice from the coach. And I listen very carefully because I like learning stuff. 
The caller who called earlier about wanting a fan, uh, and you were saying, what about a solar panel? He said he likes sometimes to sleep in the car, and he didn't say whether that was during the night or during the day. So I just thought, hey, you know, if it's during the night and there's no sun, a solar panel won't really keep his fan running, will it? Well, the solar panel is going to charge up the battery that he has, and so now he'll use the battery at night while he's uh, sleeping. Oh, you mean so he gets a separate battery and connects it to the solar panel? Right. Or does he... They just get right, a separate okay. battery and connect it to the solar panel. Now the solar panel will charge the battery. Now he has he can use the fan at night. Oh right, okay. Because uh, yeah, that, that I misunderstood that. I thought he was saying, should I um, buy an extra battery or a solar panel? But you're saying it needs to buy both. Yeah, the solar panel has to be hooked to something. Uh, it, it can't, you can't just put a solar panel in it. It has to be hooked to some type of battery to charge it. That's what they. That's what Mercedes is doing, the same thing. They're charging their battery by the solar panel. Right. Okay, great. Well, thanks for that clarification. Yes, sir. Thank you, thanks Neil. We appreciate you keeping us on the straight and narrow. Let's stay in Mobile, but go to Lewis now. Lewis, we're glad you've called in today. What's your question or comment for Coach? Well, I have a 2011 uh, GMC Sierra, and sometimes when I go to put it into gear, it doesn't want to shift. Well, once again, on transmission problems, uh, it has solenoids in the transmission, you know, that uh, go from shift. We used to use vacuum on all of our transmission shifts. Now they use electrical solenoids. And now the transmission shifts with the load of the engine. So whatever the computer of the engine is reading, it talks to the transmission control module, and they synchronize, and that's how they shift. So what I would do on that is I'm sure if it, it should have a check engine light, and if it does not, I would put a scan tool on it and see if the transmission has a code in it. So we're talking about from setting turned off, it's in park, and when I turn it on, it doesn't want to shift out of park. Right. Okay, so it doesn't want to shift out of park, or does it drive and not shift? No, it doesn't want. Sometimes it it doesn't want to shift out of park, and I have to sit there and play with it, the the, the gear shift or the, the on the column a little bit before it actually will shift in the drive. Oh, that's a little bit easier then. Uh, what you need to do there, it has. You need to check your switch on your. A brake pedal because that's a transmission control switch. Uh, what it does, you cut the ignition switch on, and you're trying to get out of gear, and it tells if you got your foot on the brake. So you might want to check that switch first because that's the easiest thing to check. Okay, and then once it knows you got your foot on the brake, then it lets you come out of park. And then okay. if, if not, if that's not the case, then you're just going to have a problem in the shifter itself going down there to that switch. Okay. And that should solve the problem there, yes. Thanks, Lewis. I can remember as an early driver forgetting sometimes that you have to put your foot on the, you know, wasn't a switch's problem, it was my problem. You have to have it all the way down. Right. You know, a lot of times uh, when that switch gets stuck, they do have an override right there on the uh, 
either on the column or if it's a console, they have a little button you can you take a little cap off of the trim, stick a little screwdriver down in there, push on it, it comes out of park. Ooh, okay. So that's a good thing to remember if you have to do that. Okay. Let's go to James in Water Valley. James, we're so glad you called in to autocorrect today. What's your question or comment for Coach Charlie? Uh, I got a problem with my 2016 Hyundai Elantra. Uh, About two months ago, the door open light began staying on all the time when all the doors were shut. If the key was in the ignition, the light is on. And uh, that causes uh, the the, the door open beep a sound to go uh, whenever. Yeah, it would chime. Uh, right. Yeah. So, is, is there uh, any uh, recall on, on that uh, that model about that problem? or? I don't know if there's a recall. Like, it's, uh, you can go to the National Transportation uh, website and you can check out that. But what do you have in there? On those doors, um, there's a switch on every one of them on the inside the door. And it's on the door switch itself, uh, the latch. Mm-hmm. And what it does is a little electrical switch. And it senses when the door is closed or when it's open. And that little switch, usually um, the switch from the dealer, something like that, is about 40 bucks. Can't to take the uh, panel off, the door panel, and then get your hand in there and take it out and put it in. So that's usually what the problem is. I've changed many of those. And there's one, one, one on all four doors, and, and, and I don't know which door it is. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're going to find, that's the thing. You're going to find which door it is. Um, how you can do that, there are scan tools out there that you can isolate each door and so if you could get somebody that may know how to use that scan tool uh, they could isolate what I would do is take it to a shop tell them what problem you're having and they will isolate that problem for you okay I'll give that a try yes sir I, I, I do thank you thank you James we're so glad that you called in for that yeah it's it's frustrating but interesting to me that your car can throw a code but not tell you about it. Yes. <laughs> well, most of the time the check engine light comes on is for emissions, but it has all these other different codes that can come in there, and you just don't see them sometimes. It's like, there's something wrong, but I'm not going to tell you about That's it. That's right. You have to ask, <laughs> and you have to ask nicely with a really expensive tool from That's a right. special shop, and then I'll tell you what's wrong. You know, uh, several years ago, I had to tell you this. Several years ago, I had a customer come in, and they told me uh, they wanted their car fixed. And they said, can't you just put that scan tool on and tell you what's wrong with it? I said, ma'am, that scan tool is a diagnostic piece of equipment. It does not tell us what's wrong with your car. Let us go to uh, Richard in Gaucher. Richard, thank you for calling in to AutoCorrect to talk with Coach Charlie. What's up with you? Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, Hello, Coach Charlie. How you doing? Pretty good, sir. Uh, I have a question about... uh, an electric electric vehicles and uh i notice you know some are uh well first of all they're high dollar but some claim to get 350 miles per charge some claim to get 200 and so forth but let me they never mention what if you have to use your air conditioner while you're driving i mean doesn't that drain the battery like twice as fast everything you cut on in the vehicle that uses electricity drains the battery no matter what it is. 
So if you've got the lights, the windshield wipers, the air conditioning, and the radio on. That all drains that battery. And now you got to understand here on that battery, you're only going to be able to use 80% of that power of that battery. Really? Yeah, then it has to be recharged because if you use 80% of it, it goes into a limp mode, and that means that you can't go as fast, you can't accelerate, and it's just getting you where you can get it charged. Okay, well, you know... uh I was. I'm glad I talked to you because I. They never mention that, and uh, I'm just going to stick with my gasoline engine. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things out there, and like I was said earlier, until we get the infrastructure together in the United States, a lot of places uh, electric cars are not going to be viable. You know, they're yeah. going to do a lot of work until we can get all all that taken care of. Yeah, plus we live down in South Mississippi. How are we going to drive around without an air conditioner in July? You're exactly right. Yeah, you're right. You know. Well, listen, thank you for your time and answering my questions. Uh, no problem. I appreciate you calling. All right. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. We're discussing coolant leaks, but we're taking your vehicle repair questions. You can always send us an email with your questions to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up that we played that Route 60, get your kicks on Route 66. It's a Nissan kick. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. You may think you need that big luxury crossover to get your daily work done and to get the family around town, but you may be surprised that the vehicle we have this week might end up being big enough for you. It's the 2022 Nissan Kicks. It's the smallest crossover in the Nissan lineup, but it's certainly not the least stylish. It has the brand's V-Motion grille from the other vehicles like the Murano and the Maxima. It has the floating roof. It looks kind of cool. It's really a tall, narrow car, but the stylist did a really nice job of kind of masking that. Inside, plenty of space for four people. You sit high, you sit upright. There's a lot of plastic inside, but it's all really well designed, and some of it looks like kind of stylized aluminum. It's got automatic climate control, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and you've got a full suite of safety systems, automatic emergency braking, adaptive cruise lane keep assist. Under the hood, not too exciting. It's a 1.6 liter four-cylinder engine, delivers 122 horsepower, but you do get 31 miles per gallon in the city, 36 on the highway. So let's talk about price. Starts just under $20,000. This one has equipped $24,040. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. 
This is autocorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. I'm Liz Gill, but our expert is Coach Charlie Milton, ASE Certified Master Technician. Hey, it's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Tip of the Week this week is make sure you use the right octane for your vehicle. And when I talk about octane, that's just the to get different grades of gas from 87 to 89. Just make sure you use the right one and you get better gas mileage. Thank you very much. Let's go to John in Corinth. John, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your question or comment for Coach Charlie? Well, good morning, Coach. Uh, good morning. I just have a couple of quick comments. Uh, first of all, uh, you, you said something a couple of weeks ago that kind of interested me. You said when you go in to see a mechanic, do not tell them what the problem is. Okay, we'll say for okay. That's no, 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 John. He said, "Don't tell them what to do." He said, "Tell them what the problem is, but don't tell them what to fix." You're giving them the symptoms. Well, what's the difference in that? And say, for instance, I got a auto zone or Riley's, and I get the diagnostic readout. I got to my mechanic. Is that going to hurt his people? Well, it could be a lot of different things. If you just say, I told that lady this morning about the uh, fan resistor. Well, let them check it out. You know, I'm thinking it's the fan resistor, but let them check it out just to make sure so they don't put a part on there that they say that you told them to do it. I got you. I got you. I got you, Coach. Well, one little quick comment, and it's, it's kind of got to do with you personally. Um I, I, uh, I'm, I'm 64 years old, and at New Albany, Mississippi, we in high school we had a boat tech school. You could go electrical, mechanic, you know, car mechanics, building trades, plumbing, whatever. And and I would just, I, I think it would be interesting to learn. I mean, you're highly, highly knowledgeable in your field. I can tell that. But I mean, do you, did you teach at like a, uh, a tech school outside of high school or in high school or? Where did, where did you begin teaching at, and how long were you a teacher? I was a teacher for 20 years at uh, Clinton High School. At what high school? At Clinton High School. Was it a Voltech? It was a high school, but it was a CTE as well, yes. Well, see, I mean, that's so... People need, young people need to know. I mean, if you have a journeyman's electrical license or even in your trade or plumbing, you can pretty much watch your – I had a very comfortable with it. Matter of fact, I went on to get my engineering degree. But I started out as a, uh, you know, a tool-carrying electrician, house care, you know. And, and we need so many people in the trades now, and it pays good money. It, it pays good money. Well, you know, just that's pretty funny. I just got there talking to the producer about doing a show on CTE. I just got there talking about and that. And what's CTE? The career technical um uh, careers, technical careers, a uh, career technical right. education. What it is is that we have so many students that – do this stuff and I think that they get the bad rap because a lot of parents say well only dummies go there well you go try to get a mechanic you go try to get a plumber you go try to get an electrician because they right. learn it in school right and, and I tell you what uh, here I'm in Corinth a town of about 15,000 people we have two 
auto mechanics here, two different shops. One of them's better than the other, and those are like the only two in town that are restful enough to even take you far to. And that's a town of 15,000, people. And then you, you And then you got to get in line, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then you're paying, you know, twice. You know, you don't know if it's a good price or not, actually, because you only have two people to compare. Well, I'll tell you, Mercedes charges $186 an hour to work on your car. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's now, what it's called. I, I, I think I'd have to go back riding a bicycle. <laughs> I, I was thinking about riding a horse, but uh, I went and got some feed the other day. It was too high. <laughs> well, Coach, I really do enjoy your show. NPR, or maybe it was MPB, used to have a broadcast. It was called Click and Clack. Yeah, that was, and, you know, they still have a rerun of that. Yes. Oh, dude, those guys were so funny, man. They, I got, they were so hilarious. Yeah, they're out of Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, they went through Harvard. They were Harvard grads, weren't they? I'm not sure what grads they were, but they sure knew their cars, and they sure had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Well, Coach, I'm going to let you go, and thank you for accepting my call, and have a great day. Thank you. Let's go to Tupelo and talk to Mike. Mike, we're glad you've held on. Thank you. What's your question or comment for Coach? Uh, yeah, I've, I've got uh, door lock problems. I've got a 2010 Dodge Caravan, and uh, the driver's door, the key won't open it anymore. Uh, so my solution was, being a, a cheapskate, I would just uh, open the uh, door behind it, which uh, is one of those sliding doors, and then stretch my arm up and open it from the inside we have that same thing mike only it's our sliding doors we have to open the front door or the passenger door and reach the hand around and unlock the sliding doors but you go ahead (laughs) well so you know i was that's been going on for a few months and then a week or so ago the that door the uh the driver's side uh, rear door won't unlock can't get it to unlock in any manner from inside outside uh and so so i no longer have that solution so i guess i'm going to have to deal with uh getting that fixed yeah what are you going to do there once again they have actuators in there that don't operate and they have little rods on there and with little uh, plastic clips on them and those clips break and that's why they're not moving uh when you turn the key uh okay well what about the uh all right, I got you. I mean, um, and what are you going? You going to take the panel off of it and operate that uh, lock with a key, and you'll be able to see what's not moving in there. It's going to be in the whole lock mechanism, or it's going to be that actuator itself. Okay, so I was thinking it might be a fuse, but not likely, huh? No, because a fuse would kill every door. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. All right. Well, that's good. At least I'll have a starting point then with that. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Mike. Okay, let's get this email we got today real quick. It was a 2017 Toyota Tacoma. The track light, the engine light came on. Truck ran fine. They tried to tighten the gas cap. That wasn't it. Finally, they just disconnected the battery to reset the lights, and they're waiting for it to come back on. Uh, what's the any any help? Once again, traction control is going to be with speed sensors. Uh, if you've been driving through, if a four-wheel drive, you might have got something snagged the uh, sensor a lot of times those wires will get caught on something but it's usually probably going to be a speed sensor on there 
So they should. Uh, the only way you can do is wait till the light comes back on, put a scan tool on it, and read it again, and see exactly what code it has on there, and then we can go from there. Okay. Cause yeah, you 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 need it to replicate the problem right. to let the. Uh, person, uh, the mechanic, know what to do about yeah, that. Yeah, I never like to disconnect the battery on any vehicle anymore with computers in there because if you just say you make a mistake and you try to you hook the battery back up and you could blow the battery, the computer. And we know there are not any chips left. That's right. All right, uh, we got about thirty seconds left. Any final words about a leaking? Coolant. Well, let's just think about it. coolant. There's three smokes on a car. I talked about the blue-gray. That's going to be oil. Uh, the black is going to be fuel, and the white is going to be coolant. So if you cannot find a coolant leak inter- uh, external, you see white smoke coming out of your car, you know it's uh, a blown head gasket or something of that nature costs a lot of money to fix. So the white is coolant, the blue is oil, and what was black? Uh, gas. Gas. All right. Well, there you go. And there's there's another hour. Thank you, Coach. We appreciate you coming out for us. Thank you, Jay White. Thank you, Michelle McAdoo. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Liz Gill. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.